The Greatest Generation produced the Greatest Generation of War correspondence as well. There was, of course, the Olympian Edward R. Murrow, whose radio dispatches from England are classics of war reporting. This is London, where the autumn twilight closes in much too early. Tonight's raid started a few minutes earlier than last night. There are no words to describe the thing that is happening. The courage of the people, the flash and roar of the guns rolling down the streets, the stench of the air raid shelters. Morrow was a master at writing for the ear, with an artistic feel for the rhythms of silence. A master of the written word was the legendary Ernie Pyle, whose newspaper reporting gave voice to the U.S. infantry, what he called the mud, rain, frost, and wind boys. Here's how Pyle described a scene from the Italian front as dead soldiers came down a mountain, lashed onto the backs of mules. The first one came early in the morning. They slid him down from the mule and stood him on his feet for a moment while they got a new grip. In the half-light, he might have been merely a sick man standing there, leaning on the others. Then they laid him on the ground in the shadow of the low stone wall alongside the road. I don't know who the first one was. You feel small in the presence of dead men and ashamed at being alive, and you don't ask silly questions. That same sense of humility in the face of courage runs all through the war reporting of W.C. Hines. Before he became one of the best American sports writers of the 20th century, Hines was a war correspondent for the New York Sun, who made his dispatches from the European theater all the more dramatic by writing in the second person. The infantry was like it always is, Hines wrote in 1944, two thin, long lines, one moving along each side of the road. It was two long, thin lines as far as you could see, and then it was faces looking into yours. You have complained to yourself a lot here about having to ride in a jeep day after day when it rains, and when it hails, it's worse, and now you wanted to walk. You wanted to walk in the mud and water and in the rain and the hail, and you felt cheap and small and like a thief, because you didn't know who should have had a right to say that you could ride, and they must walk in the rain and the mud and the hail. Hines later said that he felt two overriding emotions while covering the war, guilt and fear. And the only reason he went out and did his job every day was because the guilt overcame the fear, Hines told me in a 2001 interview at his home in Vermont. You see, war correspondents are camp followers. They make a living by following the troops around. And they make a living very often at the expense of guys their very same age. And that, Hines said, leaves the war correspondent forever in arrears. Yes, and you always come back owing it to all the rest of them. You always come back wondering how you'll ever pay the debt. No one, however, captured the life of the World War II grunt more graphically than the great Bill Malden, who earned a Purple Heart and a Pulitzer Prize as a correspondent for Stars and Stripes, the official U.S. military newspaper. Malden, a gifted cartoonist, chronicled the war through his characters Willie and Joe, two beleaguered infantrymen who came to define the face of the American G.I. During his three years with the 45th Division, Malden's cartooning brought to life the courage and camaraderie, along with the hardships and forbearance, of the average military man. The surest way to become a pacifist, Malden once wrote, is to join the infantry. Then again, in the Europe of World War II, there were those who, at times, had it worse than the American dog faces, as GIs were known. Here's Malden in his 1945 book, Up Front. 
there is a big difference between the ragged, miserable infantryman who waits with his mess kit and the ragged, miserable civilian who waits with his bucket. The doggy knows where his next meal is coming from. That makes him a very rich man in this land where hunger is so fierce it makes animals out of respectable old ladies who should be wearing cameos and having tea parties instead of fighting one another savagely for a soldier's scraps. When he wrote that, Bill Malden was all of 23 years old.